Hello, welcome to Adopt Stories by Adoption Now. We're a UK-based regional adoption agency for Blackburn with Darwin, Bolton, Bury, Oldham, Roxdale and Thameside. At the time of recording, the nationwide campaign, You Can Adopt, has been relaunched to positively improve perceptions and break down any barriers that people from the black community may have in coming forward when considering adoption. Black or mixed heritage children tend to wait longer for their forever families than their white counterparts. So this campaign aims to break down those barriers. In fact, research shows that the majority of black people have positive and altruistic views around adoption. 80% of adopted or will consider adopting in the future. So in this episode of Adopter Stories, we're speaking to Prossy. She started her adoption journey last year and adopted her child in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic. Prossy is of black African heritage, so we wanted to catch up with her and find out about her adoption journey and her thoughts on the national campaign. Just to note, we did have some technical issues during the recording process, so we apologise that the audio quality of the interview isn't always as perfect as we would like. But what Prossy has to say is totally perfect. So without further ado, let's get straight to the interview. Hi Prossy and welcome onto the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. So perhaps we could start at the beginning and ask how you came to adopt. Uh, I always want, wanted to be a mother. And uh, I thought at one point I would be a mother. But then when I was a teenager, I uh, sort of came into my sexuality. I'm a lesbian. And uh, this was in Uganda. And we didn't know about all this IVF stuff and all of that stuff. And Mm. I thought motherhood was um, only through the heterosexual way of sex and you know so I didn't know there was any other way of being a mother so it sort of went off my radar mm. uh, and then I came I came to, to UK um, and it obviously opened my eyes were opened and I learned more <laughs> and uh, when the time came and I was in the right place and I, I tried IVF um, I tried a couple of times and it's just such a, a journey, you know, mentally and physically, both on your body and your mind yeah. and everything around you really overtakes your body, doesn't it? Yeah. And it can be really, really brutal. Um, and uh, so I tried several times, about five. Um, and luckily the last time I got pregnant. And unfortunately, I lost the baby, uh, which was very very hard and mm. uh, really took a toll uh, on mm. me you know and my mental health and um and uh, i decided to throw it in all, all in and i took a sabbatical from work uh decided i was going to go home and travel you know home in uganda and travel yeah. around and travel around east africa and reminisce about my childhood and stuff and spend time with my mom um which is what i did <laughs> so I went, I went home and spent time with my mom and my mom is an amazing woman um she's not my uh biological uh mother um okay. i came home uh when i was a child my dad uh was seeing someone and my my tummy mommy died uh when i was uh very young a few months old and he brought me home to my mom Okay. And she's she's my mom, 
and she's an amazing woman. So one time, you know, we were talking about uh, my trauma and, and, you know, everything I'd been through with the, the IVF event. And, and uh, my mom, she wasn't like, have you ever considered, you know, she didn't go like directly to be like adult. No, she yeah. didn't do that. She yeah. was like, so have you ever doubted uh, my love for you? And I was like, what, what is she on about? Where is this story? And she said, I was really flabbergasted because the question was came from nowhere. And I was All like, right. what? No, what is this? Like, I'm your favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this? Obviously, I've never doubted it. Uh, and uh, she thought, she said, so do you think, um, you know, like, if you had a child who came to you, like you came to me, do you think you would ever love them and show them love like I have loved you? And um, do you think, you know, you could ever do that? Mm. I was like, obviously I could. Of course I can. And um, I have a godson who I love dearly. Um, and uh, I, I, say, I said, you know, obviously there's no doubt in my mind that I could. And mm. that's when she said, you know, why don't you just like consider adoption? Right. And, and I was like, <laughs> mom you don't know UK like you've never been to to through the systems in UK and I started naming all the reasons why I would never be considered for for adoption and everything that had happened in my life here and everything and and she was like have you asked about it I said no and Mm. and she said no why why don't you ask what's the worst that can happen you know ask about it or um, you could try ad- adopting from here, from Uganda, and um, uh, just, just try it. Mm. You know, it stayed on my mind, and I was like, mm, you know, I, but what stayed in my mind was more adopting from Uganda, to be honest, because I never okay. thought that I was going to adopt from here. How come was that then? I, 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 have, I had a lot of misconceptions, which I'm sure we'll go into. Yeah. Uh, but I had a lot of misconceptions about okay. why I would never be considered and why, um, uh, you know, I, I didn't even, I, I, it never crossed my mind. It never mm-hmm. crossed my mind that I would, I would be considered. And if yeah. it wasn't for my mom, I wouldn't even have bothered to try. That's the, that's the honest truth. Okay. Um, so, so when I came back, I was like, and she just kept on my on me then uh, after I came back. <laughs> she just she sometimes like you know, you know, and she just kept on me. Did you ask? Have you asked? Did you ask? And then one time I was like, I just need to get this woman off my back. I'll just ask, <laughs> get my refusal, and then go back and show her that I got my refusal. Yeah. <laughs> so and the first time I went to ask actually with adoption now. Uh, I went to ask, it was snowing, and it was really, you know, a dire, dire day. And you know how everything stops when there's a little bit of snow. And um, (laughs) 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 So I went to ask, and there was a little bit of snow, and obviously the session was cancelled. It was an information session (laughs) because there was snow. And I was the only one who turned up on this information session that was cancelled with adoption now. And um, uh, so the session was cancelled, so I didn't you know, get what I wanted out of that session. And later on, and I went and asked again, and the, the rest is history. So that's how mm-hmm. I came to adapt. <laughs> <laughs> the long version of how I came to adapt. Damn, that, there's nothing wrong with that. We, we know, need to, want to know the whole story. <laughs> 
So how did you find the yeah, process? Yeah, that's how I came to it. Overall. Uh, it's been, you know, like everybody keeps saying, it's been a strange year. What can we say? <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's been quite strange. But, you know, for me personally, it's been good. It's been good. It's been, um, and don't get me wrong, I don't want anybody to be fooled that it's an easy peasy sort of thing. It's not an easy peasy sort of thing. It's hard. It's mentally taxing. You have to be mentally strong and ready, you know, because uh, you have to delve into things that you've probably buried deep or things that you thought were in your past, but you have to revisit. Um, but it's done really, really, uh, for me personally, it was done really, really sensitively. Uh, I was nervous. I was really scared. Um, and then I met Trish, uh, my social worker with adoption now and Trish doesn't know this but our first meeting wasn't what wasn't great on my part um okay. for me it wasn't <laughs> Trish oh. doesn't know she'll be really surprised to hear this but for me it was not great and because for me she was very she was a straight shooter very straightforward uh, very much of fact and it came across like she was very black and white uh, for me for that first meeting and when I left the meeting I, I said to my friends the ones who knew that I was doing this not everybody did at the time but yeah. the ones who knew I was doing this I, I called them and I was like oh my goodness we're not gonna get on she's like <laughs> she's very you know direct and straight shooter and there's no black and white no two yeah. ways and it's just not gonna it's not gonna be great they laugh at me now because I can't stop singing her praises but <laughs> at, the, at that first <laughs> At that first, first meeting, it was like, oh, no, it's going to not be, you know, great because I was nervous as it is because I had a lot of stuff from from my past that I had to talk about and the things mm. that have happened in my life. And I was thinking, how is this straight shooter, black and white, no two ways sort of person going to be able to handle my story? But... Um, I, I couldn't have been more wrong and she's been such a dream and for me communication is really 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 important and she's yeah. very, such a great communicator and you have you ask a question she'll get back to you and if if uh if she can't I know I realize not all all the social workers are like this but <laughs> you know if she doesn't get back to you she will tell you you know I can't back to you but I'll get back to you tomorrow and for me communication is just so important and yeah it just kills all the, because because everything becomes huge, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, absolutely. Every tiny thing becomes such a big deal. Even the smallest of things <laughs> stops you sleeping because you overanalyze it, and you know. But she she was very quick at answering my questions and getting back to me with all the questions that I, that I had. So, for me, the process was was good. At the start, I googled things, and you know. Dr. Mm. Google, Professor Google, whatever you call Dr. Google, he, yeah. he can be very scary. Oh, yeah. and when, <laughs> when I read about the process, when I read about the process, Professor Google had all these things about, you know, what to expect, all these horrible things, and people have horrible stories, and this is not to dispute anybody's story. I'm sure all these terrible things have happened to people, but just not to assume it's the same thing that's not that's going to happen to you. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody's journey is different. Every is. agency is different. Every yeah. area is different. So just to not 
take Dr. Google's word or what someone has written about their journey and what they've been through with the adoption process and assume that that's what's going to happen with you. So for me, the process was good. And I've, I've, uh, uh, and there's a lot of support as well. You know, there's a lot of, because uh, of COVID, it was, because you don't see people, do you? And then we were in complete no. lockdown and even I couldn't even see my people to, to talk to them physically. I could only yeah. video chat with people. So that was strange. But then in the same vein, you know, like they say, what, every cloud? And the cloud with this have made amazing uh, friends over the country who are probably wouldn't have met if it was under normal circumstances. Like mm. the closest person I've become closest to um i won't say her name but she lives in king's lane right and that's far away. about, <laughs> about 174 <laughs> 75 miles from me and yeah. uh she's become like a sister to me and you know she's and because of all these groups and i met her through the ethnically diverse group that uh, that's that we have and and uh, you know, I made connections with people in London, people in, in Scotland, people usually never have made connections mm. with people who are just meeting people in our area. And I've met yeah. people in, um, in my area as well. But for me, with the ethnic, ethnically diverse group, which I found really useful, mm. there are not a lot of people, black, you know, or other ethnicity adopters in my area. So I would have struggled uh, quite a lot with in that aspect. So, okay. uh, because of COVID, we were able to, to to make all these connections online, uh, which you probably wouldn't have done before. So, uh, in the same vein of not having been able to see people, we've been able to make other connections. So, it's it's been it's been all right. Um, yeah. Difficult. Very difficult, but all right. Mm. And the end result, I mean, come on, the end result, I have it the cutest. <laughs> I am not biased at all, I am. But, <laughs> okay, so, but, you know, the end result is totally worth it. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. Perfect. So, there's currently a national campaign that aims to encourage more black adopters to come forward. So would you say that there, we did touch on this earlier on, would you say there's some misconceptions and myths around adoption within the black community? Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, again, um, this is something you can only talk from your own um, experience. Can't oh, you? absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I am talking from the perspective of a single lesbian black refugee <laughs> from uh, you know from a single black lesbian refugee you know and uh, mm. i when when in our countries um sometimes there's a generalization that black people don't adopt and that couldn't be further from from the truth mm. it's just that in our culture where we come from where i come from um People adopt, this is in inverted commas, all the time. Um, when, say for example, when your relative dies, when we had a, a time when there was a, a, a massive AIDS, HIV pandemic, and the, you know, parents died all the time, 
and their mm. children get taken by relatives all the time. Or even even if a neighbor neighbor's done, the neighbor will take the child and they'll just come into the family and they'll just start calling, you know, mom and dad and move on with life. Yeah. So people adopt all the time. It's just that we do not have the processes that people have here. You know, uh, yeah. like going through an agency, going, you know, this background check, da, 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 all of that stuff. We do not do that. But people adopt all the time. Um, and even now within our communities, people do it, but maybe not as, um, what is the word, as uh, official, like in an official capacity okay. as, as yeah. it is done here. Yeah. Um, so when you come here, like uh, personally for me, myself, um, I, um, I come from a refugee background and you know, within the vein of the refugee background, people who seek refuge have been through a lot of things. Yeah. And with that comes associated, with you know, the mental health side. And mm-hmm. um, you are in a foreign country on the largest part, no matter how many years you, you are here, on the larger part in your mind, you... You, you know, you don't think that you are entitled to certain things. And I think for a majority of people, sometimes they feel like that for the refugee, uh, okay. with a refugee background. And um, when I was explaining to my mom all those long ago time, when, I, when she was telling me, you know, to go through the process, I said, mother, I am a black woman who has just come into this country, who has had it has a long colored history with mental health. I mean, I've been through to the hospital. I've been, I was sectioned. Um, so I have been through all of that. Okay. Uh, my finances are not the best. You know, I have, I, I, I do okay for myself, but I wouldn't say I'm rich. Uh, mm. My house, although, you know, it's all right, but it's not huge. Um, and... I don't think anybody would ever give me their child. I really don't think they would. And my, that's when my mom was like, you know, why, why don't you try? Mm. So there is really huge misconceptions. And I'm, I'm, go- I'm going to break this down. Um, coming from a refugee background, um, I just wanted to tell anyone who's listening, coming from a refugee background, that sometimes we get into our head and think we're not worthy or we're not the same as the people who were born here or we're not, you know, we just get into our heads and just this becomes a thing for us. But just to say, and I should know better as well because I work with refugees and asylum seekers and I always say you can be anything, you can do anything, it's just up to you to be really hardworking, and I am ashamed to say that I had this bias, even myself. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but, you know, you, we come and work hard and create our lives here and create our families here and create our own communities and societies. Yeah. Some people, they've lost everything and have to start from mm. scratch. But when you're going through the journey of adoption, it's not where you've been. It's not what has happened before. It is where you are now. 
and what you're going through now and who you are now and how your life is now. And that happens with the mental health as well. Like, um, I thought they're just going to have one look and see, you know, this woman, she tried to kill herself. She did this, she did that, she's been through this. She will never be considered. And I can assure you, if anything, it worked in my favor. Because, you know, they said that I have overcome. You should, should have seen my face when I went to panel. And they said, you know, this is great. You've overcome. You could have knocked me down with a feather. I was really <laughs> nervous. I was thinking they are going to be like, you know, it's going to be on the negative And they're going to say, you know, this has happened. But, but it wasn't like that at all. It, mm-hmm. was, it was like, you know, you've been through this, but you've overcome it. And you are where you are, you know, and... It's what you are now that matters. And um, really, I would encourage anyone to not let uh, that deter them. And, you know, the other misconception I had I had was they are going to dig into my past and uh, read this and read that. And they are going to dig into your past. I can't lie about that. However, again, it's not where you've been. It's not uh, what's happened. It's... Yeah where you are even if they do ask about they are and you know if you think about it they are right to ask about our you know your background and because this is a whole human they are giving you it's a whole woman who is who you're going to take responsibility for and just imagine on the flip side if this little human ends up in the wrong hands with the wrong people so they have to do this but yeah um but it's not going to be like a negative. It's not going to be something that's going to be held against you. Like I said, it's where you are now. And the other thing I had was racism. Um, it is a misconception of race. Well, it's not a mis- racism is never a misconception. Racism and unco- unconscious bias in the system. Mm. Every system has unconscious bias. Some people think, you know, they are not being racist or they are they are uh, designed categories not being racist and I had my thing that really threw me at the start where you know they check your background and they check um, everything and I was really scared and I was thinking they are going to dig and then they are going to dig many 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 years back 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 to when I was a child what did I do and they do but however again it's not what's happened in the past and Racism happens everywhere, um, and it happens in ways that I can see. This is the unconscious bias. In ways that I can see, and I would consider racist, but the person who's doing it doesn't. Mm. And it happens in every organization and in every system, and the only way we can bust that is us calling it out. And if you have an agency or if you are in in an agency and you feel there's unconscious bias, just call it out. Just say something. Um, and um, I thought that was going to be the case. And I thought um, there was going to be probably an intentional, but uh, some sort of, of bias. But I've been lucky, um, and it hasn't happened, but I've had people who have said that it has. But again, it's about... Uh, us calling it out and it should not deter you just look at the bigger picture of where you're going and just imagine you in your comfy home 
you know, you are facing this, but just imagine this little black or or um, dual heritage kid in the system. Just imagine the sort of racism and bias they are facing or they are going to face in the future and what you can do for them mm-hmm. uh, if you know you, they are not in the system. So yeah. just look at the bigger picture and where you're going. And um, another misconception is about cultural differences, you know, with the children that are in the system who are going to come to you. And um, I think uh, some people feel, you know, if, say, for example, I'm from Uganda and I get a child who is from, say, you know, uh, their background or their cultural background is from Jamaica or is from um, Zambia or Nigeria or a mix of, you know, different cultures, how yeah. how, how are they going to fit, that's into, mm. you know, inverted commas, fit yeah. into my uh family and my you know this and that and all i can say is um we are such a a nurturing community we nurture and you know we create our own families just look around you i think some people do it unconsciously and we don't even realize you know we have friends from all over the world and you will have friends who are nigerian who are you know, uh, Jamaican who are from from Ghana, who are from where, and you embrace them and you get on very well with them. And so what's going to be the massive difference? I think we just get into our heads and just think that it's bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you can learn to embrace their culture for them and you will love it and have the ball. And you you learn to to adapt things for them growing up so that they don't you know like forget where they come from or or you can just embrace them in your own culture and you can find that on the biggest part you know children want just a stable loving environment uh, sure. and then the rest you can figure out together when they get older and as they get older mm. and take it from there you know uh, and the other misconce- misconception is government involvement <laughs> and I think some people think because one of my friends asked me, "My goodness, you are in for a life of social workers visiting your house all the time for the next eighteen years." You know, and I was like, <laughs> "Hey, it's definitely not how it works." You know, yeah. uh, uh, it's really you, you, they are involved. You know, up until a certain time, and then after after only a few months to even even less than a year sometimes or, you know, after the, your child comes home, they stop being involved and they're involved to the same extent as the next child, you know, your neighbor's child who who is biologically theirs and they're involved in the same vein. So yeah. you, 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 you and they are not going to be in your life forever. Um, uh, uh, and, and people think like, you know, they are going to, scrutinize your life forever and ever and just be in your life all the time and, and that that is not true and then another thing is the stigma around adoption and infertility in the same vein because they are connected um there is in our communities a massive infertility stigma and uh, um it's ingrained ingrained in us 
from you know our countries i can only speak from my experience uh, if a woman can't have children back in my country that's what defines a woman what's your purpose and if you can't have biological children you have failed as a woman and if you know uh, uh, and, and that's that and then uh, people always if if uh, you have a child who you did not biologically push out people will be like she's not even a real mother you know like a real mother mm-hmm. and okay. that sort of talk and and <clears throat> unfortunately that sticks with people that you won't be even a real mother in inverted mm. commas um and that is not the case uh, not the case at all um I mean you can't stop people thinking a certain way they people are always going to think what they want to think but to what extent are you going to base your happiness on 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 um, on what other people think um and um uh just think of the life you can give to this child and the happiness they can bring to your life mm-hmm. uh, who cares um what what uh other people are going to think on the matter just focus on you and, and your family and what you can do for this child and what they can do for you um, yeah absolutely yeah uh, stigma is always going to be there you know and it, you can't change people's minds with everything you know and, no. and it doesn't really matter and then there's you know other things like uh, this the, the misconception of other things like it kind of like uh, it can't be me i would never qualify you know that's mm-hmm. what people yeah. think you know, my finances my housing i'm too old i'm single um, and I, I think probably that applies not just to black adopters but to to any person that's adopted you know they yeah the self doubt the self doubt and yeah just ask like what's the worst that can happen what's mm. the worst that can happen just just ask the question um and if your agency is as good as mine was they are not going if you ask the question they are not going to um tell you no um my agency you know adoption now they 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 will tell you um this is what you need to work on uh they will visit your house they will tell you you know you need to work on this you need to do this you need to do this unless there's something you know you can never say no they will never say no there are some situations obviously as with every situation where you know it will not but yeah. unless it's something really huge if it's not just um ask the question what's the what's yeah. the exactly yeah uh, just ask the question and you know they they will never they will tell you you need to work on this you need to work on this you need to work on this and then you get you have a list of something to work towards yeah and well at the start yeah at the start of the conversation we talked about everyone's journey is different and everyone's got yeah. their own journey everyone's got their own yeah. story you know it's yeah, yeah. everyone's yeah. everyone's different everyone's yeah. different and uh it's someone's journey is not going to be the same as yours uh mm. yours is going to be in a unique way you have things the similarities of different things but at the same time your things will be different to theirs and the way you feel and the way you approach things and the way they approach things will be different and how it makes you feel will be different so just ask the question you know yeah. and yeah that's all i can say so 
What would you say to black adopters who are thinking about adoption and thinking about coming forward? What would you say to say just like I said, just mm. come and talk, just come and talk to us? As... Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the system is full of black and dual heritage kids who are just looking for love, stable family, um, cuddles, um, and we have that in abundance. We have that yeah. in abundance in our in our communities and role models, and they face an uphill battle probably more than most these little kids. Um, and um, you can be that because we've been there. We've been there as as black people. We have been, we have seen it, we have lived it, and we have faced the challenges, and we are here. So you can be that for this little kid and you can show them they can overcome and they can, uh, you know, thrive and overcome quite a lot in this community um, and uh, uh, um, the challenges that are coming up for them, which there's quite a lot uh, with everything that they've been through, especially. But you can be a role model for them and you can show them and you can love them and... Uh, that's all any child wants. Exactly. Love, stability. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I always say cuddles because I, I, I love cuddles. I just like cuddle. So just please uh, inquire. Ask the question. If it's ever even crossed your mind at all, just ask the question. Ask the question to any agency near you. And like I said before, the worst that can happen is they will say, they will tell you, this is what you look, need to look at, to look into, and we need to look at this and this. And then you can make a decision from there. But yeah. it's never going to be ever as bad as it is in your mind. I don't think it will be. Yeah. So is there anything else you think we've missed or we should have talked about today? Uh, oh, you've put me on the spot. I know, I always do. I always keep this last little one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty certain, ladies. We can always talk about how amazing my daughter is. Tell you what, then. What's, what's been some of the highs? The highs? Yeah. The cuddles. I mean, <laughs> did I say I like cuddles? Uh, you you mentioned have, that once or twice. You might, you might have missed that. You might have missed that. <laughs> no, the, the highs is, you know, in this lockdown, um, and I know that we're out of it and people are back to, to their usual life and normal life. But the highlights are the people I've met along the journey. I've met uh, amazing things who I've not met in person. I've met my friend in King Plain, uh, but there are a lot of people I've not met in person, but we've met online. But And we've made connections. Who knew you could make connections with people online <laughs> and genuine connections as well. But the people I've met along the journey... Um, Busting the misconception, and for me as well, you know, the the because uh, uh, with everything that's happened, uh, especially with my mental health, I, I, I always thought that it would stop me getting places and doing things. And so for me, when I went to panel, and and I, you always do your own self validations, thinking, you know, I've overcome, I've come this far, I have done this, da da da. But when we went to panel and they, they were, my things that I thought were negative were um, positive, 
you know, for overcoming, that was a massive boost for me. I can't even tell you. So for me, that was amazing. And obviously, my, my, the day my, my daughter came home. No, the day that I first met her, uh, that first visit. But then the day that she came home, uh, I mean, the night, don't get me wrong, it was like she wouldn't sleep. <laughs> we stayed, stayed up all night, but but yeah, the day she came home and I just looked over and she was there asleep and you know it's just amazing. Oh, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you so much to Prossy for coming on to the podcast. If Prossy has got you thinking about adoption, then we would love to hear from you. You can visit our website, which is adoptionnow.org.uk. There you'll find a host of resources such as a downloadable information pack, children's stories, adoptive videos, podcasts and more. Or you can always call our information line which is open 9am till 5pm Monday to Friday. That's on 01204 So thank you so much for listening. Take care. We'll see you in the next episode of Adopter Stories by Adoption Now. Mm-hmm.